0: One. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody, it's Pat and
1: I welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host Matt. Hey Matt.
0: Hey Kat. Hey everyone. How are you?
1: Well Matt, I guess you didn't know this because I didn't, but I've actually been speaking in Swedish um, every episode since we started.
0: How is that?
1: Well, uh, you know how I've been, like, saying hi to different countries and such to, you know, make everyone feel a bit more comfortable? Sure. Well, um, guess how you say hello or hi at a greeting in Sweden?
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: It's the first word I say every podcast.
0: Um... <laughs> I know you
1: don't listen to me like <laughs> ever, but anyways, it's hey.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, it's not spelled the same. Uh, it's H E J, but it's pronounced the same. So, hey, Matt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, hey,
2: cat.
1: <laughs> yeah. See. You sure, it's not hedge. <laughs> well, you can say hedge, and you know, I mean. Just wave your hand while you're doing it, because people in Sweden will not um, pick up on what you're doing otherwise.
0: Okay. Yeah. Not there that I'll be know. going to Sweden anytime soon, that I know of, But. Hey. Well,
1: I actually have a former student, Henrik Dolson. Now, how's that for a Swedish name? Yeah. So, hey, Henrik. <laughs> 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 All right, I'll make sure and tag him, you know, so. Sure. Anyways, um, that's, you know, hello to our Swedish friends, and I look forward to seeing what country we do next week. As do I. A uh, lot's happening here. Um, New York is August the 10th through the 13th, so that is just basically what is, what is you know, it? next what, week.
0: What exactly is that?
1: Okay, so New is Corbin spelled backwards. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, and I mean, it is a festival, and there's going to be so many things to do in Corbin. So it's it's once a year, and um, again, it's August 10th through the 13th this week. And we have some connections to Nibrock this year. We do. We do. So that'd be a good time to share those and also, you know, just give a shout out to that festival because that really like kicks off um, uh, a tr- like a trifecta. if you look at um, they have Nibrok mm-hmm. and then September. London or Laurel County has the Chicken Festival ah so that's the Chicken another...
0: Festival
1: yeah and we'll talk you know I'm sure we'll like address the um some of the connections that we have and with chickens <laughs> yeah and um then you know in October Knox County has Dana Boone Festival so um you know this is just the first one to kick off that series of fun so our connection our first connection um countywide you remember we had travis klim yeah. from countywide yeah i uh, remember guest. yeah he was well uh they are performing oh cool i know um a great band great music and we know who's the best looking one now because <laughs> uh, travis told us that you know
0: yeah, didn't they uh, get signed or something
2: by a yeah, record label? Yeah,
1: so they are signed. They're performing all over um, the country, really. Uh, even though they're countywide, they're, you know, countrywide, too. That's now. awesome. I mean, their name isn't countrywide, but you know what I mean. Right. Um, so, it's also is a free concert, as many of the events at Newbrook are. So, um, you know, I would encourage people to go out on uh, August the 13th and here countywide. So shout out to them.
0: That is what? Next Saturday?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, going to be, you know, some good, good music. And there's a lot of activities. And so we have another connection. This one's going to shock you. Okay. I, I just know you will not believe this. Okay. I'm going to give you a hint. Jeff Rassley, who was our guest.
0: Uh, is there a pickleball tournament?
1: Yes, oh my gosh, there is a pickleball tournament in Corbin in the New Rock.
0: Wow, I, I hear that is the fastest growing sport in the world.
1: It most certainly is, and it's grown right into Corbin. Wow. So definitely you can think, we can thank jeff Wesley, um because you know he has a book about pickleball and we did a pretty extensive uh, interview i think about the
3: topic
0: yeah yeah i remember the history and uh, there were a couple you know a couple things related to how the game you know sort of like tennis sort of like badminton kind of thing
1: well, um, it, you know, it's a great uh, tie in to episodes in the past that we've done. Yeah. So thank you, Jeff Rasley, for, uh, you know, that great episode about pickleball. And best of luck to everyone who's out there listening that, you know, can participate in Nibrock in the pickleball tournament.
0: I wonder if Jeff is going to be in town.
1: well I'm going to tag him you know we're doing a shout out so maybe we'll see him Um, and you know there's just a lot of things there's going to be rides Uh, I think an armband to do the rides is like $25 Uh, there's always food you know the festival food which is you know the kind you don't think you should be eating but you can't resist so yeah Yeah, but, I mean, people are going to exercise, play pickleball, walk it off,
2: (laughs) just just go have a good time, you know. Walk it off.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Dance, uh, you know, with the music and all of that that's Mm -hmm. going on. Um, Also, there's going to be um, an escape room, like a mobile one set up, so. A mobile
0: escape room?
1: Yeah. Hmm. Um, so there's just a lot of really neat things going on with Nebrock. So uh, great job, Corbin Spell Backwards.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: And um, I don't know. There's just one more thing, I, I think, before we get into our episode that, um, you know, it's been on my mind. Do you, you have anything uh, before we do that?
0: I mean, how can you follow Nebrok?
1: Well, it is hard, um, but I, I do have a follow up. So. Okay, let's hear it. Well, you know how when we started backstory sessions, like our goal when we were near babies was to um, talk about the writing that we do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since it's kind of morphed in a different direction which is okay, right? I mean,
0: Well, I mean, we still do occasionally talk about writing, and we still do occasionally write.
1: More than occasionally, I would say, since we just finished the big... Yeah, that's true. But, um, you know, this leads me into... When I was in high school, when I was a senior, I took creative writing. I was so anxious to, like, take that class Um, but you had to, you know, you had to be a senior Mm -hmm. and, um, so I was in that class with a football player, uh, named Gary Bryant and you wouldn't necessarily think that the football players were, you know, going to be that interested in creative writing. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people stereotype that as a girl kind of activity. I don't know why, because, you know, there's so many um, male writers, I mean, way more than females uh, (laughs) that have had success, you know, for many reasons, of course, Uh, you know, some being that women couldn't even have anything published, so they had to, like, take on a man's name in order to submit, things like that, so, you know, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but. At any rate, he was a really good writer. And in my mind, he was always like the nemesis. You know, Uh, he
2: was
1: was like that one that uh, I felt like if somebody was going to write a better piece, it was going to be Gary Bryant. So, you know, I would always try really, really hard to, like, beat Gary Bryant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Taking on the football players.
1: Well, you know, I had to, like, um, he was just the one that, um, right. had those skills. So, um, as fate would have it, um, he has since published his first book. Oh, awesome. I know. It's, like, all these years later. And what was really touching is, like, he wrote a little, um part of his dedication he he wrote and mentioned me Ah. I know that meant so much to me because he was saying you know that my constant um, (laughs) pushing him um, you know had, had like had an impact on him going ahead and finishing this novel oh cool I know I mean who would have thought being a drill sergeant <laughs> yeah really.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know I mean I lovingly did it of course so. oh, sure uh, but I, I mean that did mean a lot to me um, and I think it's also really interesting because our guest today uh, we have a writer director and then the actress of um, of this film so I, I just thought oh. that would be.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, so I know like you told me earlier that Gary has a book signing soon. Did you want to mention that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, um, I his um, book is titled Ace of Hearts, and you can get a signed copy August the twentieth. So that's also coming up. Yeah. Um, at one o'clock in London, Kentucky. At Bluegrass Class.
2: Okay. um, Cool.
1: Yeah, well, we can post a little something in our Facebook group if um, people want to check that out. But, um, again, that is August 20th at 1.
0: All right. Congrats, Gary.
1: Yeah, way to go, Nemesis. But um, (laughs) don't think you're keeping the title. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we do have... Two uh, extraordinary women uh, guests today. Uh, Writer, director, as I said, uh, all in one. I mean, that is a lot of skills right there when you can do both. Right. And director, uh, you know, like, so talk about, you know, Drill Sergeant Motivator, the
2: director.
1: (laughs) So She's got it. She's got all of it. And then we got an actress, and she has to wear... Uh, Or transform into a mermaid.
0: Ah, yes, that's right. I remember that. Uh, Yeah, it should should be interesting hearing about that.
1: I know, because I I will say in our Facebook group, we did a poll and we asked, you know, do you believe uh, mermaids are real? Now, the group is saying no. Um, You know, Hmm. there's a couple of, like, perhaps, or I think there was one yes, but by and large, uh, the group does not believe in mermaids. You know, that's a little different than the poll we did about Sasquatch and um, aliens and a few other things in which, you know, the majority did believe.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I could say that, I guess, but, I mean, has nobody seen Splash?
1: Well, or the Little Mermaid. Or the Little Mermaid.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and we had a list that's another thing you know we listed a lot of movies of uh, mermaids and um, people have their favorites but um they just don't believe so Hmm. you know it's okay because we have a real live one uh, at least for you know the period of filming uh we have one with us today so i think we should get right into this really exciting episode
0: all right sounds good
1: I want to welcome you both to Backstory Sessions today. Uh, we are really excited to have you as a guest. Um, Christine, my first question is for you. Being um, director and co-writer of this project, um, what's it like to like have an idea and then get to participate all the way through to directing it to come to life?
4: Yeah. So this whole, I love the movie making process and it's always a magical experience no matter what the project is. And it's even more magical when you're able to take it all away from um, a seed of an idea and then see it on screen with the audience. Um, I It's been a journey and I've been, uh, I've had my hand in almost every single Part, well, pretty much every single part of the process, so it, this is very much a child to me. <laughs> sure. Yes, and uh, I, I love it. I've been learning, and I continue to learn, uh, and I love learning about every part of filmmaking and trying to get better, and improving myself. So, uh, but it is honestly just magical because this, though so the f- entire film, I would say, is it, about uh, just over a year, a year and maybe like two weeks, you know, um, from from the, uh, when we wrapped to when we have it, you know, when it was finished. And so, which I know is fast, I think with features, um, but for me, it's uh, very slow because everything prior to that I've done, uh, it's done a lot of short films. Uh, it's been a while since I've done a feature. It's my first uh, investor fund feature, so it's been quite a journey.
1: Um, So how did the seed idea come up? Um, sure. I, I,
4: I like telling the story because it's, it's uh, I mean, it's pretty, norm- it's nothing crazy. Uh, it was during the summer of uh, 2020, and uh, I think deep in the middle of the pandemic and uh, I was in a pool with my production designer uh, and very good friend, Kelly Penna and uh, we both kind of because of being in the pool and having had some drinks said, you know what? I love mermaids.
2: She said, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> and
4: then I'm like, I want to do a mermaid film. She goes, me too. And then, and then I'm like, great. And uh, I had an image, a lot of my films start with an image in my head, and I don't know where it will go, and an image that I had in my head was of a, a mermaid that was eating a heart, and I knew, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I really want something that starts with that, and uh, you know, my imagination went wild, and the basis of the film um, I went back and looked at the shorts that I had written. It was a uh, seven to nine pages. I can't remember if it was seven or nine, but uh, the, the beats are all the same as the, the feature, which makes me really happy that we stayed true to the short film. Uh, but I had written a seven-page short that same day, and uh, I shelved it because I knew making anything mermaid-related would be extremely expensive, and there was no way I could afford it by myself. And uh, when I didn't get the grant that I uh, went and applied for, which was in uh, Austin, I was like, well, that's that. And then uh, it's crazy to think that not too long after that, around uh, October, uh, I had an opportunity and I pulled it back out. And uh, we, in one month, wrote a complete feature script with my co-writer, Camille Gladney. And then raised money for a good three months. And we were on set at the end of April. It's wow. kind of nuts. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So uh, where did you end up filming this? We filmed it in uh, near Holden, Louisiana, uh, which is close to Baton Rouge. Uh, I definitely threw the girls into a swamp. Uh, (laughs) I felt very bad every time I had to throw them into the swamp especially Lila who was um, in a lot of prosthetics Uh, she was our mermaid queen goddess and uh, yeah she was in a a glued into a tail and lots of prosthetics and that's all she was wearing and she was in the swamp and it was very cold which which to me was surprising because I you know, I thought, sh- starting to shoot in May, that it would be the summer. And it was. It, it was hot during the day. But then that night, the temperature would drop. And my poor girls were all stuck in a swamp that ha- was a legitimate swamp that had critters and stuff. So we had people posted um, either side looking for snakes, looking for alligators. <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was scary.
1: Leela, <laughs> I mean so let's hear from you about this part of it um what first of all I guess what's it like to be in that costume and be glued in and the prosthetics
3: well the pro- okay so the process took five and a half hours to do which Christine brilliantly had a week to kind of work everything out so she could test everything On site to the actual location, so we could actually see if things worked out. Um, so the we did a couple of days where we we did just like the prosthetic top, and then we did the day where how long would it take to put the tail on for me? It was fun, it was just just kind of sitting in the chair. Yeah, I'd get a little uncomfortable, so I just like around every now and then just kind of get the blood flow going, but I had fun. I, I, I talked to um. Um, head makeup artist, Roxy was amazing. Uh, I had a lot of time for her to basically learn about my entire life, sitting in the chair, <laughs> the chair as I call it, because I feel like makeup artists probably deal with everyone's lifestyle. They're like bartenders, but cooler because they do makeup <laughs> <laughs> um, She definitely heard a lot of my life, but I, I really liked it. I liked the Because I've never actually been in prosthetics before for anything. And I've always had a thing for like creatures and something fun. So for me, I was like a kid in a candy store. I just sat and just talked and made everybody laugh and enjoyed every bit of it. So I didn't have any sense of claustrophobia. It was more so the chance to be able to see someone's art just kind of blossom in front of you every time she was working on me was so incredibly amazing. So I really enjoyed every part of that process some people may not have, but I'm I'm a weird one. I like that kind of stuff.
1: So it took uh, like five five and a half hours each day to to transform into the mermaid.
3: So it wasn't every day because I did have human. I, there were days where I was a human, so it didn't take that long, which is <laughs> But there were da- but it was on the days where I had to be in the prosthetics for any type of mermaid filming. Especially when I had the tail glued on, those were the days where it took the five and a half hours, so to speak, to kind of get everything situated.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Had you been to a swamp before?
3: No, I'd never even been to Louisiana before. <laughs> um, everything was all fun. I'm like, oh, cool, I'm going to go to Bourbon Street. And then I'm like, I'm too tired for that. <laughs> so, yeah, but it was, it, was, it was really awesome and it was fun having been there and experiencing everything. There's so many new experiences that I got to I got to have at this at this location. So it was a lot of fun for me. Um had you
1: dreamed of being a mermaid? Did you have a fascination with them too before
3: the stroll? I don't know about dreams. well probably. Now that I think about it, any little girl that has ever seen Little Mermaid, I can tell you right now, did the whole bathtub thing or you're in the tub and it's full of water and there's this one scene where Ariel like she's singing and she like comes up kind of like she's doing a, a forward dog. I think that's the right yoga term. Um, and she's laying on this rock with her tail on and she, her hair is flowing and water splashing behind her. And in reality, I'm pretty sure if that happened in reality, it would not look as gracefully pretty. But I used to like swim around as best I could in my little tub and pretend that I was Ariel. So I feel every little girl was touched by Ariel and a little mermaid definitely for sure so I would say as a young one as a youngling I, I definitely wish I was a mermaid just because I would want to see all the animals and creatures in the ocean and have a best friend that's a fish that talks and a lobster that talks so yeah or excuse me crab,
1: crab. <laughs> <laughs> so did do you end up seeing any uh, I know you Christine said that you had people watching out for snakes and all alligators and you know I'm imagining all those things mm-hmm. um, did you end up seeing any of them like did they get by the people or anything scary like that happened
3: well, typically the animals and this is coming from my pre veterinarian background, don't want anything to do with humans. So if there's a lot of noise going on, they're going to try to 86 as fast as they can. They're going to get out of there. Um, I saw one, but it was also trying its best to get away from us as fast as it could. Cause it did, wanted nothing to do with all of the noise we were making. So it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm out, I'm out. And I was like, Oh cool. He's leaving. So didn't really think anything of it because most of the time they were not really worried about us, but it was nice that Greg is amazing. Um, greg was there prior to us actually getting on set in each different location and kind of waiting through the water to make sure none of them were just kind of chilling to kind of let them know hey we're going to take the space for a couple hours and then you can come back but just for now just for now we're going to kind of commandeer your your little home but we'll give it back to you
1: and you said you have um pre veterinarian background so was that an interest that you had before acting
3: I did. I absolutely love working with animals, wildlife in particular. So uh, I traveled once a year internationally to work with wildlife, like I've worked with elephants, I've worked with I've gone to Africa, Thailand, I've gone to places. Um, I've worked with various different types of monkeys and, and lions, male and female. And it, I've had I've had an amazing life. And so I have always known that i was going to be a famous actress like it's always been a thing. ever since i was little like you could ask any of my friends they knew i knew since i was young i was like this is this is my calling i happen to love animals and so um i do remember the day i told my mom I was like, mom i don't know that i want to go to school and spend that much money and i really like acting so whatever happens i'm gonna go with that and then l- acting literally blew up And so I told my mom, I was like, all right, I'm stepping away from this to do it. And she's been supportive the whole way, which is amazing. Love them. So
1: it sounds like this film was a really good fit for you because it's acting and all these new experiences with different creatures and um, getting to be a mermaid. Um, And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Christine, what is your background? What did you want to be, um, or have you always known that you were going to be directing and writing and in
4: film? I wish I'd always known, and that's if I had regret anything. That's the only thing is I wish I'd known even earlier that I wanted to do what I do now, um, so I could have a head start. Um, I, you know, I, I found a photo. Fo- uh, I know that as a kid, I drew like a photo, a picture that said that I wanted to be an actress. I don't know if I knew what that meant, no. that, that, you know, that I think that was uh, when I was like three or four or something. But um, I know that creating has always been something that I've loved to do, and it has always been just supposed to be a hobby. I grew up, I, you know, my culture, um, I'm Asian American, and my parents are very traditional um, Taiwanese. And we, I grew up where you're supposed to be a doctor or an engineer, um, nothing that was an artist. And so it was never on my mind that this was possible, that this, is, this was a career path that I could do. And so for the longest time, um, I was on a trajectory to be a doctor actually and my brother is a doctor and uh, I fell in and fell in love with filmmaking I would say uh, around undergrad when I was able to take one class uh, documentary filmmaking class uh, at Rice University and that's when when I started to realize that the proportion of time that I was spending on this one class in relation to the rest of my class was significantly higher Uh, it was like 80% this filmmaking class and 20% everything else. Uh, I realized like how much I loved it. But it, I still didn't think that it was possible that I could have that as my career. And uh, it took having a real job in the world, which I was a IT business consultant for for about four years, that made me realize that, What made me the most happiest was when I had a camera in my hand and that I was filming something and It was I had a weird epiphany moment. Um, I was I had knew that I knew that I didn't want to do What I was doing and the only thing I could think of was like, oh, maybe I should go to law school I'm not sure why that was the answer Um, But uh, I had to take an LSAT course to prepare for the taking the LSATs, and my LSAT teacher was coincidentally a filmmaker and he invited me onto a 48 hour film um project and i just had a light bulb moment that this was what i was meant to do i don't know i can explain how that moment came or why because at that point i had really zero experience in feature film in in narrative filmmaking and uh from there on i just was like you know what this is what I was meant to do. I'm going to do it. And I just started, uh, I bought a camera and I just started making content. Just you, I, for the long, longest time, YouTube had just started and I was like, I'm going to be a YouTube star and I make so much, so many YouTube sketches and I made lots of YouTube sketches. And, and, uh, I was just went on this crazy journey of just starting to make films. And that's kind of how I, how I fell into it. <laughs> Um, and did your family become
1: more supportive of that idea uh, as you as they saw how much you loved
4: it? Uh, you know what? I think they less about them being supportive more that they've realized that I no matter what they said to me, I was not changing my mind. And so they it was like a, you know what, let's agree to disagree. We'll just accept you have this thing we don't understand. And uh, <laughs> if it makes you happy, that's fine, I guess. More mentality. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> well, do you...
1: Is some um, part of the importance of this that um, other, other young people will look at you and see that it is possible... To have
4: this career? Yes. I, I've been... One of the things that I do uh, these days, I often teach uh, um, when I have time. And uh, I, I like to mentor. And the reason I do that is because I want people to believe that they can do it. And I, I, I wrote a book and all this stuff to to make it very uh, obvious that... I. Uh, and make it uh, just approachable, filmmaking as approachable as possible, um, because I wish I had that, you know, um, I wish somebody had helped me or told me that, you know, you can do this, and like, you know, I, I've figured that out along the way, and, uh, and I've met lots of people that have helped me, but... Whatever I can do to help the, you know, other Asian American filmmakers and stuff like that, um, go against the the current or whatever you call it. Um, I I would love to. I continue to do that.
1: Um. So you you get the idea. You get the co-writer. Uh, what is that experience like? So. How did you know this is the person that you needed to be riding with?
4: Sure. Um, so, Camille and I, uh, we met um, on a different film set. She is prim- She was a makeup artist, a makeup and hairstylist, actually, and I was a first AD on a short film uh, called "Importance of Sex Education." And uh, then, after working with her that one time, I never. Again, and then i got a phone call two years later this me like hey you met me on this one set i don't know if you remember me but i'm going to attempt to make my own film and i don't know any i don't know how to make films so we thought we should ask you and and then we ended up co-directing um a film called gloria together and i logged working with her and i discovered what a great writer she is um and so from there um i you know having seen her writing and having um asked her for other scripts for her opinion uh i decided you know she she knows how to write like maybe i should try to see because i know when i write it takes forever it's very painful um writing doesn't come naturally to me, in my opinion, I, uh, but I've seen Camille knock out a script, like a full on script in like a week or two, you know, it just flows. And so because I knew of our deadline, um, I knew that I probably needed somebody that could write the way that she writes. And so uh, it, this is the first time I've ever co written a script with anybody. Uh, so it was a learning process. Uh, we had to figure out and navigate each other's needs and uh, process, and uh, it turned out great. I think she jumped on the opportunity pretty quickly because, uh, coincidentally, she is a mermaid connoisseur. Like she, she knows more about mermaids. Than I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she loves mermaids. She's been following the community for for a very long time, and um, in fact, I when I went to house it for her parents they had artwork all over that she'd done throughout the years of mermaids and I was like wow like you know how I did not know that asking her to co-write with me it was I learned that she like loves 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 mermaids and so that is
2: what what happened so yeah
4: so that so we started working together and uh, I hope to work with her some more for the sequel when we make what make it
1: well it it sounds like in so many ways this was meant to be um, that you find these people that are just supposed to be part of the project
4: yes um, I believe it was meant to be Uh, I've been collecting people for many years working as a First assistant director, uh, you get to see a lot of cast, uh, you see a lot of crew, you work with them, and I've been kind of keeping a, my own mental tally of like the perfect team, basically, you know. And so, uh, for it all to come together in the on the date that we wanted it to, um, we had, I mean, we set a deadline of April first for when we had to raise the money by if we didn't raise the money by April 1st we would have to push back the shoot dates indefinitely we literally raised all of the money on the same day on April 1st so wow it's so crazy and things like that make me believe that like this is this was meant to be you know and i got to make movies with my friends you know make a great movie with my friends and and uh, i feel very thankful for that so,
1: Lila, did you know Christine? Had you worked with her before or was this the first time?
3: No, this was the first time. It's funny that she said she collects people. She does. That's probably why this set went so smoothly and everyone felt like a family. But, yeah, this is, a, this is the first time I'd ever worked with Christine. And I'm like, how did I not work with her before? Um, I was referred to Christine by, um, God, so old. I'm like, oh my, my. Diana. Thank you about Diana. And Diana was like, I really think you should audition for this. So you should, you should just email her. I'm like, okay. And this was around like the apocalypse in Austin, Texas, when everything kind of shut down because everything was frozen and we're Texans, we deal with heat. We don't deal with cold. So, um, (laughs) right around the time where we all had all the time in the world, essentially. So I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, this would be great. So I remember, um, Filming my audition, and I was like, "I hope this is good," and then sending it in to Christine, and the rest is history.
2: Uh,
1: so the, the part that you got is is that's the major role, right?
3: Yes, Ursula. Yes, that is correct.
1: So, what about that character is exciting to you? Uh,
3: everything. <laughs> so, one just the what from what I read. So most of the time when actors get we call them sides, and we get them sides or scripts. We don't get the, or things audition with essentially audition material. You don't get the entire script. You only get a line or two or a particular scene that they're wanting to see, to see how well you can portray a character. So I didn't get the entire script. But from what I read, I felt that Earthly was a very regal individual. She carried herself with with integrity and pride, but she was also very protective of those that she loved. And this is me kind of just digging into the character prior to doing all the research after. So I kind of feel like I embody that in my day-to-day life. I'm very much a fierce protector for those that I love. And I really like the regal sense of knowing that she is this goddess, this powerful female woman. And I feel like I've always been that person. I've been very much of a lone alpha woman and it, resonated with me so much that it felt as if I was the character. And it's funny because when I did more research, I felt even more like the character. But <laughs> ju- um, the beginning aspect of it, I was. I read it and thought, okay, this, this is fun. I can play it goddess. I call people peasants. Yeah, sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: it, it, it just worked in tangent with who I am as a character in my own personal life. And the mermaid part of it just made it that much more interesting because I was curious how they were going to pull it off. I don't know they're going to pull this off, but this is going to be fun regardless. So I definitely was interested and definitely saw a lot more of Earthly in myself in the beginning than I ever would have thought I would. So what did your family and friends
1: think about uh, when you told them you're going to be playing
3: this mermaid? Oh, goodness, that's a good question. Uh, my mom. Okay, so here's I'm weird in general. I'm I'm totally off the books off the wall, strange person. I'm always sending really weird memes to my family group texts, just so they can laugh. And so I remember telling my, well, I remember telling my mom like, hey, I got cast for this role. I'm super excited. And I didn't really tell her much about it being a mermaid. I think that kind of came later when I started doing a little bit more research about it. So, cause she knows, I always tell her, hey, I booked this, hey, I booked this. And she's like, get it girl, I'm glad you're succeeding. Cause you better, cause you walked away from being a doctor. But <laughs> make sure you're famous because you walked away from being a doctor. like all of those things. So I, yeah, I don't really remember saying anything to my mother at first about it being a mermaid. I think I was just super excited about getting the role and knowing that it would be a feature film, like a full length film that yeah. we would, these. Filming in like an actual swamp and all of those things, which to me was like a dream come true. So, I think I just was too giddy to even mention it to her in the beginning.
1: So, Matt, what do you think about all of this? Uh, mermaids, did yeah?
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I, my questions uh, lean towards like Christine. What are the challenges of like filming in a swamp? I mean.
2: Uh- <laughs> PTSD <friend>. <laughs> 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 uh, it
4: was so hard um, I mean the first thing would probably obviously be safety um, sure. uh, as a first person director safety is a huge concern for me in general because that is um, what I is my primarily, primary role on most film sets and uh, so just thinking of you know the creatures, and we're at night. It's at night too. Like 60 percent of the film takes place at night, mm. and so that's even scarier. It's like, okay, sure, you're shooting in the day, maybe you can see a snake pop out, but you're at, it's at night. It's harder to see those buggers, you know.
2: Right. And so,
4: so there's that. Um, when we got there too, it was I guess rainy season or who knows what, but the river was flooded. Um, the, wow. A lot of the film, yes, a lot of the film, about, again, 60% of it takes place on a beach. Um, well, that beach didn't exist, like, 50% of the time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, no. <laughs>
4: yeah. So, and it would be weird because it wouldn't be raining, yet the water kept rising. And we realized somewhere few miles away... They were getting hit with a hurricane of some sort. And so the water was flowing down to us and causing our, you know, the river to be flooded where we were.
2: Uh-huh.
4: And so this finale that we have takes place on a beach in the water at night. And we had originally scheduled it for the first week of filming. We pushed it to the last day of filming because, the water levels were just too high and it would make the finale too dangerous to shoot. Hmm. And, uh, even on the day when we were forced to have to shoot it because it was the last day. Um, I had to reblock so many things on the fly and rewrite some of it. That's the beauty when you direct and write is that you're able to fix things in the writing on the fly. Mm. Um, and that I, I was able to do that, uh, which I think helped save us in the long run, um, uh, for the, for the film. So, uh, so that, that was a big challenge. It was hot. Uh, there were so many mosquitoes. I don't know if any of you guys have been in the New Orleans, Baton Rouge, South Louisiana area, but the mosquitoes are giant. they're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they so big, and uh, we were the four crew cast were being bitten left and right. We, I mean, we had they call a bomb certain areas with like pesticide type stuff right. in order to make it bearable whatsoever. Um, but that was that was hard. Uh, again, sixty percent of it was at night, so this was taking place around the summer. So we couldn't start shooting until it was dark. So our our time was flipped. So we were vampires for half the shooting. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so there was there was it was a difficult difficult shoot. And, uh, having citizen director for many films right I can tell you that if most of if half of the problems that would happen on other films happened on our film we would not have been able to finish. Mm. Um, but we we I'm a little bit of a concrete and I uh, believe heavily in prep and so I even before we had funding I prepped as if we were shooting in april and uh, and so and i could only do this because most of the crew were my friends already and had been doing projects with me since the very beginning and knew that you know i was good for it and so you know i was prepping with a production designer months ahead so 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 even though we officially started with only a one-week on-site prep, we had been prepping for three months. Yeah. you know, before going into the on into the filming. So, um,
0: the other question I had is, uh, you said that you had a vision of a mermaid eating a heart when. You, yes. Uh, <laughs> so is is uh, you know was that well? I guess let me ask you this, do most of your movies have that sort of imagery coming to you before you start writing, or, I mean? A
4: lot, a lot do, um, I have, uh, i am been writing in my head for another, uh, feature, uh, and... Same thing. There's one specific image in my head, and it's going. To, and a lot of things are stemming from that. So that this has been pretty consistent, where I'll have a very clear image of something, and I will um, structure the film with that particular image in mind. And that image doesn't necessarily like. It's hard to tell often where that image is going to play in the grand scheme of the script. Right. I just. That image will be in there somewhere. I just don't know where, how, why. And uh, but it's fun to have that, and then to work backwards from it. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that does happen quite often.
0: But it, I guess is it always so dark? I mean, you know?
4: Oh, Uh no, <laughs> no I do. I, mean, I do typically uh, lean towards darker. Content in terms of uh, stories for mm. some reason. Uh, although I like to mix in humor a lot when it comes to a lot of this dark, so it's dark comedy, I guess you would you would say. Right. Um. But yeah, I my my one of my earliest shorts was uh, about the making of a serial killer, and it was with kids, and it was super dark. Mm. Um. But I, I don't know. I don't know why my it's not that I had, like, a terrible childhood or any of that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I just, I guess I, maybe the dark is fascinating because, because I don't live that kind of life. So it's fun to think of how somebody would be in that c- scenario, you know?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kat and I write a lot together, and she has a penchant for killing people off in script. <laughs> <shit. laughs> <laughs> uh so Layla, I, I have a question a uh, quick question for you. Sure. Um so how physical was it um for you to you know do the acting in the scenes? I assume a lot of it is underwater or some of it is underwater at least.
3: So I, the small portion of it was underwater. That was actually kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I like being challenged. So for me, it was fun doing the underwater work cause I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to hold my breath for this. Right. And it's weird because if you're, there's certain movements that you do that will shove water up into your nose brain. <laughs> and uh, there were certain things that I was like, Oh, that's not going to work. And then I had to get like, kind of equalize myself again and go back down again. Um, I don't, so majority of it wasn't actually in water, surprisingly. It was just, um, it, when you see the film, it, there's a large portion of it that seemed to be in the water. For the most part, Ursula is actually on her two human legs walking around, essentially murdering people that anger her and hurt anyone that she loves. So <laughs> it's, it's, it was an easy it was an easy thing for me. But the water work was fun. It was definitely a core workout, I can say for sure. So I'm glad that I do work out my core prior to this, but... I have the body now of a goddess. So it's just, it <laughs> <laughs> it's just, everything works.
0: Interesting.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. Do you like
1: playing dark roles like that? Me? me?
3: Yes. Oh, uh, okay. So here's the thing I always get cast as like the really hot chick that's like torturing someone, or I am beating up on people, or I'm doing a lot of action sequence stuff. So I kind of just go with it, and I'm like, you know what? If that makes me a, a freaking an awesome woman that I can no one wants to mess with, then we're good.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so so I, I enjoy it because I like the physicality of it. I like the challenge because in reality, I'm such a squishy bear. I really am. I'm a super squishy, nice person. And so when people see me, they're like, oh, my gosh, she's got to be mean. Like I don't have a resting – like they resting – mean face. I'm actually just super nice. So for me to play characters like that is so much fun because I get to enact revenge essentially on people that I would never do in reality because I'm afraid of karma. So (laughs) for me it's it's a joy. I'm like, ooh, I get to beat somebody up today. I'm going to think of that one person that cut me off in the HGV parking lot So this is perfect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I do do rather enjoy them, especially this creature feature was so much fun it was just untimely like like every every, there's so many experiences that i can't even begin to start talking about i was like oh this is fun this is new oh this is fun this is new so it was just a plethora of enjoyable moments but these type of characters i love they're very fun to play
1: it sounds like it um Because you know, I'm starting to think like, hey, you know, if I could imagine like the people that I (laughs) might want to get, uh oh, (laughs) (laughs) Matt. (laughs) Now, um, Christine, do you with characters that you're writing and developing? Do you do you feel like that most people are, or most characters? Are a little good and a little bad. Um, I mean,
4: yes, Uh, yes, for sure. To me, I think I like live, I often say that I live in, I like living in the gray because I think the world, most things and most people are gray. But the world wants it to be black or white. And that's when we fight and debate about. Because people want it to be... It's easier to understand when something is either black or white. But the problem is most people and most things situations in the world live in the gray. And I love talking about stuff like that or writing stories of that. And um, I often write stories about characters that are misunderstood where on first impression you know, you think they're bad but then but then you see what their background is and they're the product of their environment, all this stuff you're able to sympathize with why they are the way they are. And I, I like those nuances because I think that's reality. I, I don't think people are inherently good or inherently bad. I think, I think our combined experiences make us gray. Uh, and I know that drives most people nuts because When things are great, it's hard to, there's not, sometimes there's not a right or wrong answer, you know, and it's, and how do you exist when there is no absolute, right? And so, yeah, I love, I love playing with characters that are, you know, a little bit bad or very good, but, you know, but there's a twist or bad, but then they're weirdly good, you know, stuff like that, so... Yes, I'm definitely one of the people you need to
1: collect because that sounds so much like my thinking as I'm listening to that. Excellent. Um, yeah, I mean, um, so you said something about an earlier project that was interesting. I thought of, did you say it was children or teens and a serial killer
4: theme? Yeah, it's called A Bird's Nest. Uh, You'll find it on Amazon, actually. It's uh, an early short film that I did, um, but it was the making of a serial killer, and um, it, 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 yeah, basically is little kids, and you see how somebody could become, go on that path of darkness. Right, uh, from such an early age already. uh... But it was shocking. It was so, like, it was so shocking that to this it, it was i made it for a, um, a specific film festival called the louisiana film prize uh and you had to shoot it in shreveport and that's kind of what jump-started why i um filmed so much in louisiana is because of this film festival uh, i've been making short films for the louisiana film prize since 2014 and this the averse was made in 2014 and uh, it is so shocking that even now in 2022 at the film festivals like they still talk about that film because it was to them a bunch of you know conservative (laughs) uh a little conservative town it was absolutely shocking to them um but uh i just like exploring you know how somebody could be to could go dark how you know why answering those questions and being able to show that on a screen is absolutely fascinating to me.
1: Um, do people ever question like, what's wrong with you? Because, <laughs> <yes>.
4: <laughs> I, I, when I did film festivals uh, with a bird's nest, uh, I showed it at the Holly, Holly shorts uh, in uh, that was one. And then what was the other big one? Be- but we definitely got the question. Um, what? Was your state of mind between both? <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely, I definitely got asked that quite a few times, <laughs> and I, and I think people are surprised when they see me too after they watch the film. Uh, I I don't know what they expect, you know, like oh maybe it's like uh, somebody who dressed up goth or I I don't know. Right. Like, certainly not me. That they. You Know, I'm like bubbly and like, hey, what's up, guys? You know, (laughs) (laughs) stay away from us, (laughs) (laughs) let's go have lunch. You know, like, and we were like, you're so weird, (laughs) but yeah, no, they definitely don't expect me, um, to be the writer of such dark content at all. And 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 I don't, it's funny because I'm like, sometimes it's, uh, I It ceases to be dark to me after a while because I've seen it so many times, and you know I'm editing it and everything. And then I, when I get to hear people's reactions in the theater, I'm like, oh, I guess that was really dark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I, I guess that was. I didn't think I, I didn't think it was that scary, you know. So. I, I, I uh, surprised myself, <laughs> Just watching people's reactions. So, do, you,
0: do your relatives say to you like, "Why can't you write a nice romantic comedy"?
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My parents certainly don't understand a lot of the stuff that I make. Um, but you know, I have written besides um, dark things. I've I've written a lot of um, content that is maybe just dark in the situation, but not necessarily like it's, you know, one of my, one of the uh, viewers' favorites uh, is a short film that I wrote called Ya yeah, Albi, And I had written this right before um, the the so-called Muslim Band. But um, we're going to not talk about that too much, but it was the situation being dark, but um, it was a uplifting film so i i i do a dance around it you know Mm -hmm. so um i i don't know i i just like i love learning and i think it comes from my documentary background and i tend to like writing stories that i had to learn a lot about because it's kind of like to kill two birds with one stone you know you just like oh i gotta research and because I'm researching, I'm also learning about a topic that I don't know much about. And then, because I'm learning about a topic I don't know much about, then like then I can, you know, I delve into it and learn about the, the world and create the world. And it's fun for me, so. Hmm. Uh,
1: we had, Leela, I guess this would be more of a question for you. We had a guest before. And um, he played um, someone who... <laughs> Uh, killed his girlfriend in the movie um and so his in real life girlfriend (laughs) broke up with him (laughs) um so have you had any experiences like i mean i'm sure with the mermaid they probably are not fearful that you're gonna turn into that um but (laughs) you know in other roles that you've played has anything like that happened
3: no, surprisingly. Um, and my therapist is amazing for kidding me. I don't. <laughs> do that. But, uh, no, I haven't had any issues, thankfully, single, so I don't have to worry about that. People are crazy nowadays, so I kind of just stick to myself. <laughs> until, until the day that I do meet Chris Evans, I'm just saying, like, I'm manifesting that right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll talk. We'll definitely, we'll circle back to that. But for you now, have <laughs> anybody or any... Cause people know me, they know that I'm such a character, but they also know how sweet I am. So for me, they, they see it as like, oh, okay, she's basically saying what she wants to do. Cause they know me like, but she just, she can't really do in reality. So they know I'm just playing a part where I would never do in reality. So I just, I haven't had any issues, thankfully, um, where people I were with and had anything to say about it. The person I was with at the time, he thought it was freaking amazing. He was just like, hey, keep the context, keep the contacts. Keep the contact. Like like, demon contact, he was like keep the (laughs) contact. Yeah, but now nothing, nothing too, too, you know, gritty. Unfortunately, yeah, boring in that aspect.
1: So, what do you hope that people—and this could be for both of you—but what do you hope that people take away from this?
4: Uh, once they've watched it, I think the biggest thing for me is I wanted to make a film that uh, women would find a champion. And Ursley is definitely a champion for women. Uh, I, I know that, um, and I wanted that experience of, you know, when I was a kid and had, you know, my close friends and we watched a slumber party movie together. And um, this was like, it's slightly just a little bit more PG-13 that my parents let me watch, you know, and so it's kind of cool, and there's witchy things. I just wanted to relive that, like, 90s slumber party feeling. I want um, uh, girl, women, girls everywhere to, to have that experience that I had. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be, like, a throwback to, you know, Jaws, to Jurassic Park, really anything Steven Spielberg. Um, and I, I want women to to, fi- to be happy that there are characters out there that um, show all their and celebrate their flaws and intricacies and that they aren't, you know, they don't just wake up out of bed perfect, you know, like in a lot of films that you see. And, and it's okay to have problems beyond just men. And um, I just wanted something that was extremely nuanced. And I think uh, there's there's elements in here in the film, we, t- we talk about environmental issues and toxic masculinity, etc, cetera, etc cetera, but just, but in the end I want people to walk out of the theater and be like, you know what, that was fun, I had a fun time, you know I I, I designed this film to be something you'd be able to watch out in your backyard it's okay, this, you know it sounds not perfect whatever, you might be might have two drinks, three drinks in you know, and <laughs> It's funny. You know, it's a good time. And um, it was definitely inspired by... Um, I don't know if you are aware of uh, the Alamo Draft House has uh, a whole series called Jaws on the Water uh, where you watch Jaws in an inner tube. And it's kind of terrifying. But it's... Ah, I've heard idea. of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's super fun. And this is that kind of film. It's a shared experience type of film. It, And it, I want... People to have their slumber parties to have their 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 group party you know, get it together and just have this playing the background. It's it's meant to be fun. It's not meant to like you, sh- you shouldn't watch this thinking like, oh, you know.
0: oh,
3: oh, no, <laughs> yeah.
4: um. Experience that I think people miss from you know the pandemic you know we haven't been in the theater in a while some of us you know and um, some people haven't even gone outside you know so so this was the idea of this film was to bring people together to to have fun and to you know to enjoy movies (laughs) great Uh,
0: go ahead uh, Layla
3: I so for me what I hope people get out of it is the power of representation and the power of true friendship and camaraderie. I, I've, a lot of people have come up to me and shout out to the Merfolk, I love you guys for being so incredibly welcome and loving to me. And it is a big deal to swim in a mermaid tail. Let me just say it. but <laughs> I digress. Um, but I wanted people to see that they can watch a film and look up and see the actor, actress, and say, I look like them. Or say, "Hey, they're like me," or "I am dealing with thing," and know that there's a way out. Know that they're not they're not confined to this dogmatic, if you will, system that they feel that they're they're stuck in. Like they have your imagination is just as bright as your energy, and your energy can go and do in anything and be in any shape of anything. And what I really loved about it was. Um, I think it was Anna. I think it was Anna, one of the, the girls who had, or it was either Anna or was it Camille? One of the two beautiful women. They're really sweet that we met during the tour. And they said something to me that really stuck with me. They said the fact that the, all of the women stuck together and stood together throughout the entire process of everything that was going on that was bad instead of abandoning one another. Or most films where you see... Um, like lots of women, they're fighting over a man. There's always somebody that they're fighting over. Like, no, he's my witch. If it was about Chris Evans, oh, I would be fighting. In <laughs> <laughs> this film, definitely, it was it was beautiful to see and hear from people who have watched it to tell you, like, it was great to see these women stick together all the way to the end, no matter what, they were still friends and they weren't fighting over anything like crazy or unnecessary. They stood together as a unit is as a as unison, like one unity. And it was beautiful. So I want people to be able to look at it and say, I can be that. I can do that. I look like that. Or I, there's times where I, I say things in Creole. I want, because Ursley is a Creole character. I wanted little children who grow up hearing the story of Ursley because she's a real Haitian Loa and uh, Haitian Creole culture To see Ursula on screen that they've never seen before, like, oh my God, she's speaking Creole, so they can sit there and kind of get giddy, like, oh my God, she said something, I know what she said, I know what she said. Because I think, in my mind, I thought that was the cutest thing, like, to see a little girl or a little boy, like, oh, oh my God, I know what she said. Like, it lit such a fire in me, so that's what I really want people to get out of it, and also to enjoy themselves and have fun, like, and just to get something meaningful out of it other than yeah it's cool to have fun but there's still a message that's within it that yeah. I really want people to to walk away with like you can be anything that your heart desires you just have to put the work in and so that's what I really want people to take away from it
0: all right awesome mm-hmm. um so uh cat you want to do the question now
4: yeah so okay we Go-
1: generally have been ending our um, podcast with um, a cat or mat question, and you would get to choose whose question you would like to answer, only you wouldn't know the question in advance.
3: Oh!
1: So, it (laughs) may have something to do with the interview, or it may be totally unrelated,
4: so. Okay.
3: um,
4: I guess I'll choose a cat question. (laughs) Oh, yay! All right. So
1: my question is, if you could relive sixty seconds of your life every day for the rest of your life, what sixty seconds would you choose?
2: Oh man! <laughs> <White>. <laughs> oh,
4: uh, we want to take this faster. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> uh.
0: My question isn't nearly as hard. <laughs> <laughs> <Gosh darn it. laughs>
4: uh, huh, 67 will really relive it over and over again, huh? Um, that's a really hard one. I'm sorry, I'm thinking. I guess. Because it's only a minute. Yeah, it's just a minute.
1: Yeah, and what minute would you want to see like every day if you could? So it doesn't really disrupt your life very much, but it just gives you a little, you know, minute of happiness or whatever feeling that you want.
4: Yeah. Um, uh, I think the first thing that comes to my mind um, is this, there was, a, my set was very, very hard. Very, very hard. And, one of the my favorite things to do was around lunchtime or anytime there was food. um there was a place that we would all meet up um, on the property. It was like a big big ass barn, basically. And I loved popping in unseen, like watching the shadows basically, of everybody sitting together, laughing, talking, eating, and like smiling and having a good time, and that made me happy knowing that they still loved being there. Um, I think the cast and crew are the most important part of a film, and it is my job as a producer to create that experience and to have... Because I've been on sets that have not been that, have been... You know lunch happens and we run away and cry in our cars like it's just because it's a (laughs) a hard experience you know but it was i i if i could replay just watching from from afar is people like you can see genuine love between um different crew members you know you know um talking and laughing and stuff like that I, i that would make me i think very very happy just Always, I always want my film sets to be that, you know. Um So, yeah, I guess.
1: That'd that, be very uh, motivating, too, I would think, you know, every day going forward just to know that that, that was possible and that's what you, that's still the goal every time. That's very yeah. cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Yep, yeah. yeah, great answer.
1: All right, so. <laughs> yeah, Lila,
3: what's your, oh, man. I like a challenge. I guess I'm gonna go with cat. Oh yay! Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
0: you might regret <laughs> she talks
3: this. About people off talk about murdering people off. So I sense I sense some some deep some depth in these. <laughs> well,
1: my second one is. I, I mean, I love my second one, but um, you know, it's kind of. In light of the things you've talked about, um, it's probably, like, silly, but what is the craziest thing you've done in the name of love? Oh, my goodness.
2: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh... Oh,
3: my gosh. Wow. Have I done anything? I don't know that I've done anything that crazy. Um, I'm pretty conservative. I fear people with cameras, like, Somehow finding out about it later on in my life. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: <laughs> let's see. That's the craziest
2: thing I've ever...
3: And I haven't been in love that many times in my life. but that, I'm very... I'm very much a, a one-stop shop. I'm like, yeah, I am like, I don't want to introduce myself to a lot of people. So I'm I pretty much am a loyal bulldog. But I don't know that I've ever done anything... Like, I haven't done anything like jump off a building or... Or Cut I, your ear like, off, or yeah, no. If I did do something, it was it was really really sweet. Like, so it wouldn't be crazy. It would be really sweet. Um.
0: All right, we'll give we'll give that to you. Like, uh, what's the sweetest thing you've done in the name of love?
3: Yeah. So, oh, I didn't love the guy, but this is pretty cool. So. We'll just use this as an example. Um, there was a guy. Yeah. So I was dating a guy, and he had not seen his best friend in like twenty something years. He lived. He used to live in California, and he moved to Georgetown, Texas, or no, Georgetown, Leander, Texas. He hadn't seen his best friend in forever, and I, you know, quickly while dating him, I realized just how important his best friend was to him, and how much he was like a brother. And how much when his dad passed away his best friend was there and even though he still didn't get to you know it was really difficult for him to not be with his best friend and he would always talk about how he had really good friends here but they were still they would still never compare to his best friend his best friend was more of a brother than his family and so he had never had a surprise party ever in his life and he's like 45 and or 40, 40 something and so I got with his mother I Strategically, would, we went to like a barbecue or something, and I asked his mother permission to have everybody's phone number, and I said, "Give everyone my phone number. I'm going to get everyone together to do a surprise party." So we did a surprise party. I cleaned up his house. We all hid in his house, and I surprised him by flying his best friend of 20 years, or his best friend his whole life, um, to his house, wow. and so we made his best friend sit outside in the car while he came in the house and everybody was surprised and he was crying. He's like, Oh my God, this is really sweet. Thank you so much. And we, it was funny because his neighbors almost gave us away because we were using his grill to grill and his neighbors were like, if you're going to have a party, why didn't you invite us? He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so a lot of people
3: here and there's music and they're cooking. Like you're not here. And thankfully I, sh- I that was, that was my bad. I should have said it I didn't think about it. And so he's anyways, he's at the house and, um, I waited, I waited like maybe a, almost an hour into his event where he, you know, kind of relaxed and he was thinking that was it. And then somebody knocked on the door and I told everyone when they knock, don't go to the door. Everyone just make him go because it's going to piss him off. And he's like, wait, it's my party. Why am I? So he goes, he's like, why? He, and everybody was like, I'm busy. I'm busy. And there's like 30 people there. And he's like, everybody's busy. Everybody's busy. So he goes to the door and when he opens the door, he screams and hits the ground and starts crying.
2: And his best
3: friend and his best friend's wife Who he was really good friends with Came in and picked him up And they just sat in an embrace in the doorway For like 20 minutes just crying together And luckily he was able to get time off work Because I had to coordinate all of this with his job too To get him time off work So he was like Where where are you staying bro? He's like man I'm staying here He's like what wait Yeah I'm staying here i was like yeah he's staying here so I think that was probably that, or renting a Maserati for someone because that was his favorite car.
2: Oh, awesome! <laughs> I am
3: hopeless romantic, so that's why I need someone to reciprocate. So when Chris Evans and I get together, and <laughs> <came> together. <laughs> that's
1: right, Chris Evans. You hear that? You got to <laughs> do all these
3: things. This yeah, very. Oh my God, I had a crush on that man since like the very first movie he ever. Well. First recognizable movie. I'm not that much a creeper. I don't
2: follow him like that, but... Total,
0: have, yeah. have you had a chance to, like, be in his proximity? Or, you know, maybe a chance meeting kind of thing? Because...
3: No! Uh, which would be amazing! I, I don't, <laughs> I've been around stars, and I, I look at them as, as human beings, so I don't get... Of course, I get a little giddy, but I'm not going to jump on these people, because they, they have lives, too. Yeah. So, if ever I did... I don't know that I... I may be one of those girls that I'm like, why are they passing out? I may be.
2: <laughs> we
3: we'll see. I'll, I'll probably hold my composure, but I have not had the fortunate. I have to fight Lizzo for him, though, so...
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Battle of the Goddesses. <laughs> so I'm willing to go the extra mile to fight Lizzo for <laughs> <the life.
2: laughs>
0: you Hear that, Lizzo? Forewarned. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we will let you ladies go. Um, we, you know, thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Um, just, you know, as, as I told you earlier, uh, this was kind of a like surprise to us, and uh, we didn't really have a lot to go on, but really fascinating stories. Again, I
3: appreciate you having us on. Yes, we appreciate
4: it very much. Thank you so much.
0: As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iWritePlease at Outlook.com, or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com, or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.